Hello, hello, or welcome back to another episode of the Leading Women in Tech podcast. I'm your host, Tony Collis. We're here, as always, to talk about women, tech, leadership, and changing the world. I have the honor and privilege to work with hundreds of women every year, helping them to fulfill their ambitions. And that's something I want to talk about today, because something I hear time and time again is a fear of burning out, stopping us from taking action and fulfilling our ambitions. This is what I call the ambition gap. Our ambition is up here. We are down here. There's this gap between where we are and where we want to be, that ambition gap. Here's the, here's the toxic bit about this. That ambition gap is causing burnout. Now, I'm sure this is not unique to women, but today I'm going to talk about it, obviously, because what I do is I work with women and I'm on a mission to change the tech industry, make it a better place to work, make it better tech by elevating women. And the conversations I've been having over the last year really made me realize how damaging this ambition gap is to us. Here's the thing, the summary of today's episode right here up front, (laughs) that ambition gap causes burnout. In a lot of the conversations I have, the fear of burnout is the reason behind that ambition gap. I can't possibly have that job up there that would fulfill my ambition because of the sacrifice I'm going to have to make to get there. But the irony is the stress that that causes is causing burnout. So let's talk about your ambition in today's podcast. Welcome to the Leading Women in Tech podcast, the show that celebrates women in technology leadership. I'm your host, Tony Collis, and this podcast is the result of my passion for building better tech by diversifying the leadership of the technology sector. Join me on this journey as I discuss all things leadership, what it takes to be innovative, breaking through the glass ceiling, be a great leader, and how to navigate the unique experiences we face as women in tech. So sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready to be inspired to become a better leader. Before we dive in fully, I'm just going to take a moment here to remind you that doors will be shortly closing in just a few days, actually, I think 12 days, something like that at the point that this episode drops to Ignite Coach Academy. Obviously, over the summer, we have been talking about how to use coaching as part of your leadership toolkit. And indeed, if you want to become a full-time coach, how to get going with that, what the basic principles are. But here's something you need to hear. You cannot become a coach simply by listening to a podcast. I guess you all know that, but I just want to call that out. Listening to a podcast and reading books does not make you a coach. Coaching and experiencing it and learning the tools and techniques and being mentored through it, to be brutally honest, mentoring is a huge part of it. (laughs) That is what makes you a coach. When I hear people tell me that they coach as part of their leadership job, I'm like, really? Are we? What they're doing is doing some professional development. It's not the same thing. So if you are intrigued by coaching, please, please, please go check out tonycollis.com forward slash coach academy, link in the show notes. And I would welcome you to join us in the next cohort of Ignite Coach Academy as we elevate all of us by learning how to coach. But back to today's topic. Let's talk about the link between this ambition gap and burnout and why ambition isn't actually a bad thing. Our ambition as humans is what drives us. Without ambition, we wouldn't even get out of bed. We wouldn't feed ourselves. We wouldn't do anything. Humans are innately ambitious. And this is not a bad thing. This is an exciting thing. Some of us are more ambitious than others. But also I think society tells us that some ambitions are more valid than others. It's it's valid to be ambitious about professional work. It's not valid to be ambitious about having 10 kids. 
Uh, there's nothing wrong with that if that's who you are and that's what you want to do. Be ambitious about whatever it is as long as you're not hurting another human being, right? Ambition is a beautiful thing. It drives us. I think the reason that the human race has discovered all the things it's discovered is because of ambition. And look at where we are. Okay, I know the planet is burning. I know we've caused problems as species, but we've also achieved a lot. And actually, if we put our minds to it, we could fix all of the problems we've created very quickly. We just haven't, as a species, come together to fix it yet. Something else I would love to hear is we'll talk about more. But our ambition is beautiful. But for the last hundred years, in fact, possibly the last thousand years, I don't know, wasn't around. <laughs> as women, we have been told our professional ambition is wrong. We are still judged for wanting to have an ambitious career rather than staying at home and being with the kids. Society looks down on us for not going to every single soccer game. Society tells us that we failed in some way if we're not there when our kids take their first steps. But at the same time, society tells us we need to be out there doing things. And this tension causes so much angst in us. And I, I'm not saying that men don't experience this too, but bear in mind, I talk to women pretty much exclusively. So this is the lens I see as going through as women. And even if you're not somebody having a baby, society will judge you for being um, not a mum. Uh, I'm not a mum. I mean, many of you know that I'm a cat mum. First and foremost, that is my passion is being a cat mum. <laughs> and I'm very aware society has judged me. They don't know why I've not had children, but society is saying, why on earth are you not having kids and running a business? Why are you doing all this stuff instead of having children? Society tells me that I failed in some way because of that. And so because of that, when we have professional ambitions, and if you listen to this podcast, you likely have some professional ambitions, otherwise you probably wouldn't be here. So you have this ambition, and yet maybe a part of you is like, can I? We tell ourselves stories about the sacrifices we're going to need to make to get to where we want to be. We tend to have role models who appear to be drowning in work or have sacrificed a lot, or our mentors are telling us, yes, you just need to do more that getting where you want to go requires sacrifice. And so we fear it. We fear that ambition. We have this ambition, but we're fearful of the cost of getting there. So here's the key thing that you need to know. That lack of fulfillment of our ambition, that sense of, I can't do that because it means this. I can't do that because I will have to work crazy hours. I'll have to travel. I'll have to be away from the kids. It doesn't fit right now. My kids are at home and I need me and all the reasons, whatever the reasons are. Or I think the classic one for many of the women I work with is not so much centered around just kids because I work with women who do and don't have kids. It's just, I don't want to work that many hours. I don't want to be available evenings and weekends all the time. I don't want to be on call because I'm the boss. That stress that's caused by us telling ourselves these stories and therefore going, I can't fulfill my ambition. I know I'm capable of doing that job. In fact, I know I'd be better than the person doing it right now, but I'm not going to do it because I'm fearful of what it's going to cost me. That ambition gap in who we are right now and who we know we want to be, we're capable of being, that causes stress. <laughs> it's what I call the ambition gap stress, but it's a lack of fulfillment. A persistent discontent when we have these strong ambitions, but we fall short. And in this sense, it's doubly 
painful because we're falling short because we have decided we're not prepared to sacrifice something. And this ongoing feeling of unfulfillment can lead to emotional exhaustion and honestly, burnout. I've seen burnout because of this. I'll have a woman in front of me telling me they're they're burnt out and therefore they can't possibly go further forward. And they don't realize that the huge contributor to their burnout is their discontent. Their self-identity, their self-worth is misaligned. They feel capable of more. They have that purpose. They have the direction, but they aren't realizing their goals because they're holding themselves back. So they struggle with their feelings. They have aimlessness. A lot of them are very, very frustrated with the people ahead of them. They can see they could do it better. And the reason, actually, this is so ironic, is because one of the ways we can do it better is by not following exactly what our role models ahead of us are doing, who are not doing a good job. They are doing the classic of overwork, making up for not great performance by working longer and harder. Every single one of us, one of the main reasons we hit a ceiling in our careers, and this is not unique to women, this is not the glass ceiling that women experience, but all of us hit a ceiling at some point when we have to shift the way we operate as leaders. We start out by just working harder and longer. We get better at what we do, yes, but we work harder and longer and that gets us promotions. Get a little bit more polished in what we do, but harder and longer gets us the promotions. That will only get you so far. Some people go a lot further because they're prepared to sacrifice a lot more. But typically they get to a certain point and they are just working crazy. They're miserable. Those are the role models you're looking at and thinking, I can do a better job than them, but I do not want to be them. They've hit a ceiling because they haven't figured out the shift of gears that the really great leaders make. And this is one of the things I work on every single day. So I see this. I see this shift in gears on a daily basis and it's beautiful. Here's the thing. You have to change how you operate as a leader to get to those higher levels. It is about operating on a different way. It is about letting go of working harder. It is letting go of the busy work. It is letting go of being in the weeds. It is operating at a different level. You can't just do that. You have to shift. And so when we see these role models ahead of us and we ruminate and overthink about what might be possible, but we can't possibly do it, And we have this cycle of stress and burnout because of this mental preoccupation of, I could do that. And I'm annoyed at the person doing that because they're doing such a bad job, but I'm not going to do that to myself. And we're in this cyclical disappointment cycle causes a loss of motivation. And everybody's around is wondering what's wrong. And apparently we've peaked because all they see is this stressed out person. And yet, you know, you could do so much more despite what people are saying about you. That is this place of the ambition gap. A lot of the time we also have burnout because we have unrealistic expectations, we feel this constant pressure and we neglect our self-care. So those come in because we have this ambition which we're not allowing ourselves to fulfill. And we then put pressure on ourselves to hold ourselves back. So the classic normally is that we as ambitious people put pressure on ourselves to achieve more. And you may well have done this early in your career. And you are scared of that now because it's a cycle of stress. Push ourselves to exceed our goals, meet others' expectations, and at least to burnout. Maybe we had unrealistic expectations that causes stress and burnout. We neglect our self-care. But what we do is when we anticipate that I can't reach that level, but we're annoyed. <laughs> we're annoyed at those around us doing that job that we know we could do better, but we don't want it because we don't want to do it their way. 
we start assuming that we're going to have the burnout we had earlier in our careers when we were pushing ourselves really, really hard. And so just ironically, we let go of our boundaries. We struggle to say no. We're always on. We deplete our mental resources. We deplete our emotional resources. We neglect our self-care. We drive for more, but we're not taking more. We have this ambitious mindset of success, recognition, accomplishment, desire, and we have this need to pursue it, but we hold ourselves here. So we're operating in this dual energy of drive, but not allowing it. And when we do that, it is incredibly bad for us. <laughs> it's it's like driving in forward gear for like a meter, then driving in reverse for a meter. And you just shuffle backwards and forwards constantly. There's this constant tension. And you never get out of the low gears because... There is nothing good for you in that space, just backwards and forwards shuffling. It's exhausting. And guess what? You burn out. If you were a car, your clutch would just burn out from all the backwards and forwards going on here. If you're an American, you might not understand what a clutch is, <laughs> but you would burn out your clutch because you're just constantly backwards and forwards and all this tension. So here's, here's what I want you to do. <laughs> this sounds like this might be you and you have this ambition gap and it's causing burnout. I want you to give yourself permission to be ambitious. There is nothing wrong with it. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing. And it is not mutually exclusive with having a high quality personal life, whether that's being with family, friends, or just having time to go and climb mountains, which one of my friends does. <laughs> She's just like, I don't want to work crazy hours because I want to go climb Monroe's in Scotland. Prioritize self-care along this journey. Double down on your self-care when going gets tough. You are your biggest asset. So when you look after yourself, everything else is easier. And then the most important piece here, if you want to shift gears, I mean, obviously come work with me, but if you want to shift gears, you need to understand that quality over quantity applies to all aspects of our lives. We know this about kids. We know this about children. Quality time with children is more important than quantity. Quality with your family and friends, more important than quantity. But this applies to how we work. A 90-hour work week is not going to land you that executive position. Instead, you need to be focusing on the outcomes that you generate. The outcomes you generate are the thing that lands you a promotion. If you've ever worked on your interview technique, you know what you need to speak about. It's not how many hours you work or that you answer emails on evenings and weekends. It's that you generated $10 million by launching a product in six months. That's what matters. That is what matters at the executive position. It isn't that you're always available. So I want you to step away from busy. <laughs> I want you to let go of always on. I want you to let go of busy work. I want you to let go of being in the weeds. This is really, really important. One of the things that holds us up in our careers, and one of the reasons we have those managers above us who are like, we could do our, their job better than them, but I don't want to sacrifice and get there, is because a lot of the time they're in the weeds. A classic example of this is when you find that your boss is always hovering around what you do. They want a lot of updates. Of course, a boss wants updates, right? They need to know the work is getting done. But if they want updates and then they want to give you advice or they say, well, you know, I'm just going to have a play with that. Classic in my field is hands-on keyboard, being a programmer. A boss, basically, after like being a manager, a boss should never really be writing code or compiling software. <laughs> When I hear of a senior leader saying, I'll just have a play with that, my head just goes, what the what? If they love it that much, they shouldn't be doing the job they're doing. It is a waste of time. 
And so what they're doing actually by stepping in and saying, I will just have a play with that, is they are taking away from your ability to learn and develop or whoever it is that should be doing that. They should be coaching the person in how to do that rather than doing it for them if it's that important. But a lot of the time, we just swoop in as managers and do the work. So here's what I want to challenge you on. I want you to take a week and ask yourself, what work am I doing today that actually I shouldn't be doing anymore? If I was two layers above me, what of this work would I do and what would I be delegating? The hard thing is then to know what to fill your time with, which is another thing I I think is fascinating about the work I do. Many of the women I work with, they say, well, I don't know what I will then do. What, what do people do at that level? They're scared of the busy work and being always on and always available and overworking. And yet they say, well, if I let go of all this, what do I do? What is my job? My love, your job is strategy. <laughs> the higher up you go, the more your job is about delivering direction and then telling people the tactics that they need to undergo. Very senior, it's pure strategy. The further down you are, the more it is tactical direction. You are taking a strategy, filling in the pieces, putting it together, long-term plan, and then directing on the tactical level. You are answering questions on a technical level, so you still need your technical savvy, whatever line of that is in, but you aren't doing. The higher up you go, the less doing you do. The more you are obviously sat in meetings, making decisions, gathering data, interpreting that data, And gathering data and interpreting data takes a huge amount of mental resource. You are never going to squeeze this in if you do a 90-hour week because you just don't have the mental capacity. You need to do strategy on a fresh brain, first thing in the morning, ideally first thing in the week, if you're like me and you're tired at the end of the week. I definitely get tired at the end of the week these days. (laughs) And doing strategy on a Thursday or a Friday for me, non-starter. I just do not have it in me. I can clear my calendar and I'll just sit there thinking and achieving nothing. So I want you to be having a good think about how much time you spend doing versus thinking. How much time you spend doing versus making decisions. Do you sit on your decisions for a long time? Do your team get frustrated by you sitting on decisions because you're going, I don't know how to answer this. I don't have enough data. I'm scared. If you are, that tells me that one of the most important things you need to do is let go of the busy, busy, busy. (laughs) Time management underpins a lot of this work, but a lot of the time, the women I work with, they know time management, but what they aren't doing is managing their energy. They know the theory, but time management requires us to have the energy to execute on it. So it's kind of energy management as well. But just to go back to strategy for a second, you've likely heard me say this before if you listen to the podcast But as an executive, you should be spending at least 50% of your time on strategy. VPs, 40, directors, 20 to 25. Those are rough and ready. They're a good place to start. Different roles are all different though. So if you aren't hitting that 50 to 20%, like 20 at the lower level, 50% at the higher level, the really big company executives, I would say 80% or more, and then really 80% strategy, 20% public speaking is kind of what executives need to be doing. They don't really do any execution at all. It's all just strategy and public speaking and dissemination. So I want you to have a think about how to let go of being in the weeds. I want you to have a think about how to delegate more. I want you to embrace the idea of doing less. (laughs) 
doing less, doing more of the right stuff and less of all the busy stuff. One thing I love to say to people is slow down to speed up. Sometimes we just want to dive on in. We just want to execute. We've got a problem. Let's go, let's go, let's go, 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 go. Sometimes the best thing to do is take a step back, even just for a couple of minutes and say, what do I need to be doing here? How important is this? What is the best way to solve this problem? If I solve this right now, what happens down the line? If instead I look at this issue over here, does that make this problem go away? Slow down to speed up. When you do that, you're going to let go of the hustle. You're going to let go of the stress. You're going to make better decisions. You're going to act more strategically and less reactively. Ask yourself, what do you really need to be doing for success? If you start operating this way, if you start thinking this way, you are going to be a better leader and you will be one step closer to your ambition and your exciting goals. Which brings me to my final piece here. If you are excited about fulfilling your ambition, if you've heard this and you thought, yes, ambition gap, that's my problem. And you're ready to let go of it and you're thinking, oh gosh, but how? First of all, of course, come work with me. Of course, like sign up. <laughs> Head over to tonycollis.com forward slash academy. Find out about our leadership program. But even more than that, and this is one of the things you will do if you come work with us, I want you to just start taking baby steps. If you realize, okay, that ambition gap, it's, it is causing me burnout or it's approaching burnout. And I logically shouldn't be fearful of it because, you know, I'm hearing Tony here. <laughs> I get this. I want you to let go of, I need that ambition today. I want you to say, it's okay for me to be ambitious because it is. It's perfectly okay to be ambitious. It's actually a beautiful thing. It's an exciting thing. Be ambitious. Be excited. Be excited to deliver. But here's the next piece of this. You don't have to get there tomorrow. So give yourself grace. Be like, okay, I'm happy to be ambitious. I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to stop assuming that to achieve that, it's going to require all these horrible things I don't want because it doesn't, by the way. <laughs> if your brain is still going there, we need to have a chat about the reality of what it means to be a great leader. And I can totally have that conversation with you. But I want you instead to say, okay, if I'm going to get there at some point, and I'm not going to put a time frame on that, I'm just going to be chill about the time frame. What is the next step? What is the next step I need to make in my career to get to that ambitious place? And if your brain goes, yeah, but that next step, that's going to require hustle and sacrifice that I don't want to make. I want you to ask yourself, what would Tony think? What would Tony say to me? How can I achieve that without hustle and burnout? Because there is always a way to achieve these things without hustle and burnout. And I want you to take a baby action today to let go of the stress, delegate more, get out the weeds, slow down to speed up and ask yourself, what can I do today to unlock my success tomorrow? Let's just get you back on track to walking towards your ambition rather than being scared of it. Let's let go of that burnout around the fear of not achieving your ambition because it's painful. Your ambition is beautiful. It should be embraced. It's who you are as human. And let's just do this. <laughs> All right, that's it for today's episode on being ambitious. But I do just want to leave you, as always, with a mindset moment. Before I do that, please, as always, hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player or over on YouTube. That really helps us reach more women just like you and elevate the tech industry. But the mindset tip here. If your brain starts telling you again that, no, my ambition, it's a bad thing. It makes me arrogant. It makes me nasty. I'm going to let down my family. I'm going to let down my friends. I can't possibly be ambitious. 
I want you to pause. I want you to notice that thought. I want you to pause. And I want you to take a deep breath and I want you to say, being ambitious is human and I'm proud of my ambition. Just say that. Being ambitious is human. I am proud of my ambition. I want you to start having this conversation with yourself. You need to change your inner dialogue. If you keep telling yourself that it's bad in some way to be ambitious, you need to have a conversation. You need to start having that intimate talk with your brain and challenge it. So I want you to let yourself have that conversation. It's okay to be ambitious. I am human. That's all you need to say. Let me know how you get on. As always, I'd love to hear comments from you. Pop over to LinkedIn. I hang out there every single day, but also I'm available in Slack inside my free Leading Women in Tech community. So head over there to link in the show notes. And I do remember that there's still time to sign up for Ignite Coach Academy. If you're intrigued of how to become a coach, already a coach, but looking to develop and hone your skills, we kick off on September 18th. So make sure you sign up. This is your opportunity to truly experience the power of coaching and unleash that leisure impact that you know you're all ready for, right? <laughs> Head over to the show notes for the details and just join me. Join me inside the program. I can't wait to meet you inside there. Until next time, as always, stay on your tech leadership game and follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech.